0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Monday, June 15th, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is that Good. Take my word for it and go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. So thank you very much to Built Bar, today's presenting sponsor. And on today's episode, we dive back into our schedule breakdowns for the upcoming 2020 college football season. We have gone through all seven schools in the Big Ten West, as you know, and we are right smack dab in the middle of the Big Ten East division. We've done Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan from the Big Ten East. Now we are in the middle with the Indiana Hoosiers. So very pleased right now to welcome on to the Locked On Big Ten show, Zach Osterman. He covers Indiana athletics for the Indy Star. He's your guy if you need to know anything about IU sports. Zach, thank you very much for making your debut here on the Locked On Big Ten show. Yeah, Thanks for having me. So we are going to get into Indiana's 2020 college football schedule. The Hoosiers coming off their best season since 1993. So, Zach, before we get to our four schedule breakdown categories, I'm just going to quickly read through Indiana's schedule overall to let everybody know who the Hoosiers face in 2020. So it starts with a Big Ten opener Friday, September 4th, on the road at Wisconsin. Then the next week, back home, Saturday, September 12th, hosting Western Kentucky. Saturday, September 19th, hosting Ball State. Saturday, September 26th, on the road at UConn. Then a bye week. Then they get into the thick of Big Ten play. Saturday, October 10th, hosting Maryland, Saturday, October 17th, on the road at Rutgers, Saturday, October 24th, they host Michigan State, Saturday, October 31st, Halloween night, a big one hosting Penn State in Bloomington, then Saturday, November 7th, on the road at Ohio State, Saturday, November 14th, back home hosting Illinois, Saturday, November 21st, on the road at Michigan, and then the regular season finality for the Old Oaken Bucket, Saturday, November 28th, hosting Purdue. So Zach, your overall thoughts about Indiana's 2020 college football schedule.
1: You know, I, the thing that I, I found myself saying a lot this off season is that, I mean, you know, I, I've covered Indiana for a while, but I grew up in the South, so I grew up with, you know, college football kind of as the the culturally important sport in, right. in, in my childhood. Um, and I'm not saying I'm the foremost expert in college football, but I, I would like to think I know what a good college football team looks like. And that's my dog barking to be in right behind me. <laughs> um, this is, this is These are the special effects you get in my house. Um, the beauty of
0: podcasts. This is why we do what we do. You know, we try to bring people, immerse them into our home lives, let them know what we have. So it's all good by me.
1: Well, Chewy's well-known in Indianapolis radio, too. He's a St. Bernard mix. So when he's got something to say, he says it pretty loud. I like it. Um, but, you know, the, this looks on paper for all the world like a good team. Not a great team. Mm-hmm. Not a team that I would expect to compete for a conference title or anything like that, but a good team, a solid team. The sort of team that Indiana doesn't get very often, which is a team that I think fans would be right to expect something from. Mm -hmm. Um, The flip side to that is you don't need to spend five minutes with an IU football fan to appreciate the the pessimism, the fatalism that has just kind of been baked into that sort of portion of the fan base Mm -hmm. over the last, uh, I mean, frankly, 100 years. Yeah. Um, Indiana's won three bowl games all time. They have, you know, last year was their first winning record in, in more than 10 years. Um, it was their first eight-win season in 25. So you kind of have, I think, what a lot of Indiana fans probably, the ones I talk to anyway are grappling with this offseason, is kind of trying to embrace some level of expectation for this team while also maintaining their sort of customary skepticism. Um, yeah. But on paper, it's a, it should be a very good team, particularly if Michael Penix can stay healthy. Um, and if it can, you know, kind of overcome whatever these obstacles that everybody's going to be going through because of the,
0: the
1: disjointed nature of this offseason are. Right. I mean, it's it's a schedule that lays out really comfortably your two, uh, your, I would argue, probably your two most difficult non-conference games. Western Kentucky and Ball State are both at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you could probably put Connecticut into a little bit of a trap game scenario, but uh, you know, I, I think, I mean, UConn's just in such a bad place, right? And then there's a very realistic world where, at, at very least, you're five and one when you host Michigan State on October 24th. Mm-hmm. If anything, I think Indiana's probably going to be favored to be six and one hosting Penn State on Halloween. Now, you know, under normal circumstances, that could be a, an ESPN game day fans go crazy, blow it out sort of thing. If that were to happen, obviously we have no idea what fan fan involvement in college football is going to look like right now. Right. Um, but then you get to the backside of the schedule. Ohio State's always going to be tough. Michigan's always going to be tough. But you do have, you know, this is a year where Indiana has the five Big Ten home games. Um, not that Indiana has consistently beaten any of these four teams, but the years where Indiana gets Penn State and Michigan State at home, Typically, and I think that's probably true of the coming season, a little bit more favorable than getting Ohio State and Michigan at home. um, Because basically they're on that rotation where they play either Penn State and Michigan State at home or Ohio State and Michigan at home. And then you finish with, you know, two of your last three at home against Illinois and Purdue. I mean, it's, it's a schedule that I think Indiana would have every right if it gets, you know, the breaks of the season, guys stay healthy, and so on and so forth for Indiana to think it could at least do what it did last year and go eight and four. Okay. Um, and, and maybe even, you know, either, either a, maybe go maybe get to like nine wins or B maybe you go eight and four, but you get a scalp, you know, Indiana didn't beat a team that finished with a winning record last year. Maybe this year you get a, a Penn state right, um, or, or a Wisconsin, you know, sneak up on Wisconsin opening weekend in Madison, who knows what the, the crowd dynamic is going to look like there. So it's it's a schedule that actually fits uh, kind of in cleanly next to the optimism for this team. But we need to you know I think a lot of Indiana fans would just say to you listen I I need to I need to see it to be sure.
0: Yeah. One of my good buddies from growing up went to Indiana and I was talking about this with him a few days ago and he was like listen I've never really had any expectations for Indiana football except this offseason going into this summer. So There is a little bit, I would say, of hope and at least excitement heading into 2020 for Indiana football which is always a very very good thing so let's get into our four schedule breakdown categories here a reminder for the folks at home we have the bet the house game the game we are 100% confident Indiana will win the primetime game a game that Hoosier fans are circling with big excitement and hype leading up into that one the must win game a game that Indiana has to win to get to where they want to be at the end of the season like we mentioned is that an eight and four season with a great bowl bid is it a nine and three year whatever that may be for the Hoosiers in 2020 and then finally our last category the can't lose game virtually a trap game that indiana must avoid in 2020 so zach you are making your debut you are my guest here on the locked on big 10 show get us rolling with your bet the house game for indiana in 2020
1: i mean i should have asked this before we started the the one that i think it's virtually nailed on just one or is it kind of am i grouping them together i guess
0: listen i appreciate creative license so you can do whatever you would like
1: (laughs) you know I, i mean i think the probably the the bet the house game for me would be either Western Kentucky or I'd lean more toward ball state. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those are, you know, I mean, ball state always tries to give Indiana a good game. It's an in-state team. Right. Um, You know, you'll get a lot of kids on that roster who, and this is true of, of Purdue as well, who maybe wanted to go to Indiana um, or wanted to go to Purdue, and you get that from Ball State. You get it from Bowling Green, Miami of Ohio, some of the Ohio-based MAC schools,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that, that may have at one time hoped, hey, could I sneak into the, the Big Ten somewhere? And they couldn't get it, so they want to kind of go prove themselves. And Western Kentucky is, is typically a tough team. Yeah. Um, but those are two games. Those are two home games. Um, and one thing Indiana has largely gotten good at in the last – five to six years is taking care of business at home in the non-conference. And I know that sounds simplistic, but you know, again, you, I can take you back to seasons where Indiana didn't even beat a football ball subdivision team. So yeah. Um, I think those are probably the games that you look at and, and maybe, maybe Maryland too. We'll see kind of how Maryland shakes out. It's so hard to know when you see the way that Mike Loxley's recruiting, when you see, you know, some of the transfers he's bringing in, mm-hmm but I think you could potentially also push Maryland on homecoming kind of into that category as well. Um, of just, you know, games that, that if you're Indiana, if you know, the way I describe it, when people ask me to break down the schedule is basically like, if Indiana doesn't win this game, then this whole conversation we're having is pointless because if they can't win this game, they can't, you know, Mm -hmm. they can't win the games they need to win to wind up making the season a bowl season or a seven win season or eight win season
0: or whatever. So I believe I've mentioned on this show before, and as we're talking about Indiana football, I'm a huge Tom Allen guy. Tom Allen was a three-sport athlete in high school, football, shot put, and wrestling. A big dude who knows that he needs his protein, and that's why I bet you, can't say this for sure, but I bet you, like 97% sure, Tom Allen turns to Built Bar because Bilt Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. It is truly incredibly tasty. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut-free flavors. Their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, and oh boy, are they delicious. I have them not only as a pick-me-up after my workout or to give me energy for my day, but I also eat them at the end of my day as a nightcap, a little dessert tasty treat. And it's great because Bilt Bars are also healthy. They're great for the health conscious person looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, but the most important part, they are high in protein and high in fiber. Listen to the flavor profile for the peanut butter brownie. One of my favorite flavors, a flavor I keep re-upping every time I go back to Bilt Bar. It's got only 170 calories, but 20 Yes, 20 grams of protein. The peanut butter brownie is delicious, and it packs on the protein, letting me know I'm getting the most bang for my buck when it comes to that health-conscious portion of my diet. So when you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. I'm a Built Bar guy. Tom Allen is a Built Bar guy. Let's get back to Indiana's schedule breakdown coming up next. Available on YouTube and
1: wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: In terms of having those games at home in the non-conference, Western Kentucky, a 9-4 team in 2019 that won a bowl game. So not exactly a slouch of an opponent, but having those games at home, I think, gives the favor in large part to Indiana. My bet the house game for the Hoosiers in 2020 is that final non-conference game. And although it's on the road, it is at UConn. And like we talked about, UConn, their entire athletic department, but specifically their football program, kind of in shambles right now. Definitely have not been helped by the COVID pandemic by any means. And really, the product they put out on the football field for the past couple seasons has just been really bad. So, for me, it's a nice way for Indiana to end the non-conference portion of their schedule, to head into that bye week, to build up some momentum, to get ready to get into the thick of it for their Big Ten conference schedule on the other side of that bye week. So, for me, the Bet the House game is Indiana at UConn on September 26th. So, our Bet the House game done. Now we move on to the primetime game, a game with a lot of excitement. Zach, as you see it, is it the Penn State game on October thirty first, Halloween night in Bloomington, or is there another opponent you see for Indiana's primetime game for twenty twenty?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's either Penn State or potentially Michigan State, and, and mm-hmm. some of that would depend on, you know, what Indiana does against Wisconsin, where Michigan State is at that point in their season, and so forth. Um, you know, but but if you're, I mean, let's say Indiana is five and one going into Michigan State. Yeah. You know, there's a world where that's um that's a night game. You know, that's a, a prime time ESPN game. Again, that sort of depends on where Michigan State is. And I know there's a lot of questions about Michigan State this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if Indiana goes into that, maybe Michigan State's four and two and Indiana's five and one, Indiana's playing for a chance to be ranked. Indiana if they're not already, Indiana's playing for, you know, bowl eligibility earlier in the calendar than they've had it in years, even last season. Um Although I think maybe just barely, uh, but certainly if Indiana is six and one or maybe even five and two heading into that Penn State game, because I think there is just kind of a lot of belief that like that would be a night game. No one yeah. knows right now, of course, but that'll be a night game. It'll be a, you know, as you say, like a primetime game, and it'll be if Indiana is by that point, let's say five and two or six and one, that will be very much sort of a, uh, the kind of game Indiana has lusted for for a long time and. and you know, when, when Indiana has fallen short of these big time upsets in the last seven, eight, 10 years, what you've always felt is that for whatever credibility I use deserves to keep a Michigan or an Ohio state or a Penn state or an Iowa close, um, they just haven't been good enough to win that game. That, that yeah. At the end of the day, it, it would have taken, you know, if you look at the statistics and the percentages, it would have taken a miracle for Indiana to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, if Indiana's as good as I think they are and they're in good shape health-wise and schedule-wise, record-wise by the time they get to Penn State, that's the kind of game that you could look at and say, we have a right to think, you know, that this is our moment, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and obviously IU football is not one that gets a lot of those. So I think that it would be one of those two, but more likely Penn State. Yeah, I completely
0: agree with you there. I'm on the same wavelength as you because I think for that primetime game, it's the Penn State game. Because, like you talked about, I see it, and this is just, just one man's opinion, but I see Indiana being six and one heading into that matchup against the Nittany Lions. And then Penn State is coming off a huge game the week prior for them when they host Ohio State. So they get to that next weekend on Halloween weekend, which, if you look across the Big Ten conference in terms of how the schedule plays out for all 14 teams, that game Halloween weekend, Indiana hosting Penn State, is probably the premier cream of the crop game from the Big Ten. So I always throw in the caveat for Big Ten football that, yes, it could be a primetime ESPN game, or as Fox has liked to do this past season, it could be a big noon kickoff. But either way, still a primetime game in terms of the excitement. So my question to you is, like we just kind of talked about there at the end of your answer, if Indiana is 6-1 and one or even 5-2, and two, but contending to be ranked if they're not already in the top 25 and you have penn state coming off what will certainly be a tough battle against ohio state can the hoosiers pull off the upset at home in bloomington
1: i think they absolutely can um and, and of course that's that's not knowing the composition of either teams in your report by that point or mm-hmm. you know not not knowing you know kind of where those teams are in terms of personnel but If you look back to what Indiana did last year at Penn State, I know Peyton Ramsey starts that game, not Michael Penix. But, you know, if one of the biggest presumptions you have to make about the season is if it's going to be successful for Indiana, Penix is going to stay healthy. Right. Uh, If he doesn't, things get complicated quickly. But if he does and he can put up numbers anywhere near what he was putting up on a per game basis last year, then, yeah, Indiana can absolutely win that game. I think, I mean, Penn State will probably still be the better team, pound for pound. Um, but if you, you know, kind of at least what we know of these teams on June 14th, you know, you sort of overlay what Indiana will bring to what Penn State will bring, absolutely. I mean, absolutely, That 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 is a game that Indiana can win. And, again, not just necessarily in a sort of pie-in-the-sky, oh – you know, fans just want it badly enough to be the day that they beat Michigan, so they finally beat Michigan. Um, but a, a genuine sort of... I mean, like, if Indiana's 6-1 and one going into that game, it's not hard for me to see a world where Indiana's favored. Yeah. And, and obviously, that is very rare for Indiana against Penn State. Indiana's only beaten Penn State once um, in, in all the time they've been playing one another. So I think that's absolutely a game Indiana can win. And I think it's the sort of game... That if Indiana was to win it, you could really start thinking about an, another eight-win season or a nine-win season. Um, you know, uh, until you see Indiana win in Columbus or Ann Arbor, you have to presume it's not going to happen. But um, you can, you know, you can at least kind of say, well, if you can beat Penn State at home, you can beat Illinois at home. And rivalry games are what they are, but but you should be able, you should be favored at least to beat Purdue at home. Mm-hmm. And so then all of a sudden that's, you know, we're talking about the best season Indiana's had in I don't know how many years. Yeah. um, Possibly going back to the eighties. Yeah. So um, I think they can. And I think that's, that's certainly one sort of hinge point for this season in terms of, you know, which way it kind of swings or shifts. Um, But of course, you know, there's things they got to do. And I imagine we'll talk about that with some of these kind of crap games, there's things they got to take care of before they can get to that point to give themselves that opportunity. So Zach Osterman of the Indie
0: Star making his debut on the Locked On Big Ten podcast, a great part of this Locked On Podcast Network. And the great thing about this Locked On Podcast family is how expansive it is. Nearly 180 podcasts, and everybody here is looking to do some good. The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for positive change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. So to make your donation, along with us, the host here of this great Locked On podcast family, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash Black Lives Matter. Make a donation, have it go to a positive change for good, and be a part of this great Locked On podcast family. And as we continue to discuss the Hoosiers football schedule for the 2020 college football season, you'll see a lot of things on that schedule different opponents giving you different things each and every week. That's really the same when it comes to auto parts and what you need for your car but do not fret when you see all of these options out there and wondering what is best to do because you can go to rockauto.com because it's a family-run business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. When you go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, they have everything that you could possibly need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Can't say enough about that, especially during these times when We're still trying to stay safe at home during this global pandemic. Make it easy on yourself. Get your parts delivered directly to your door. And their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to use at rockauto.com. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And did I talk about prices? Because best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low in the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You absolutely should not. And when you go to rockauto.com right now, you will not have to because you can see all the parts available for your car and truck. And when you write in locked on in their how did you hear about us box, they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com, rockauto.com, a record prediction for 2020 Indiana football coming up next. Right, that transitions very nicely into our next category, the must-win category, because we mentioned Indiana's goals this year are not just to be bowl eligible, but to possibly post another eight maybe nine win season. So what are the must win games for Indiana, the opponents they need to hammer down to make sure they can get to that level of eight wins for Tom Allen this year?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's obviously the the three non-conference, the, the ones that, uh, that I would, you know, kind of particularly point to, and this has been true for Indiana for a while, but Maryland Mm -hmm. and Rutgers, you know, Indiana beat both Maryland and Rutgers uh, last season. Indiana beat Maryland and Rutgers. You know the the year that it uh, the year they went six and six and went to the Foster Farms Bowl. They should have beaten Rutgers and did beat Maryland. Uh, the year they went six and six and went to the Pinstripe Bowl. You know Tom Allen's loss to Maryland in late October in his first season, 2017, was probably ultimately the game more than any other that kept them out of a bowl game in, in that that season. Um, Maryland, you would think, you know, homecoming at home coming off a bye week, shouldn't be too difficult. Rutgers is the one that I'm curious about, Um, because Indiana's won, I think maybe a couple times now uh, in Piscataway, never dominantly. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Greg can can kind of work his magic twice, but you do sort of look at that game and think, especially if, you know, especially if Indiana, let's say they lose to Wisconsin, but win their next four, They're coming in four and one. They know they've got two, you know, they've got a trophy game the weekend after that against Michigan State. Then they've got that big game against Penn State. This is a program that hasn't handled, you know, hasn't had a lot of success to learn how to handle and and sort of deal with in a mature way in the last few years, although certainly, you know, the last four or five years has been better than basically the previous 15 or 20. Um, Just that, that, that Rutgers game, does give me a mm-hmm. little bit of pause in, in terms of saying, you know, if if I'm Rutgers and I have no idea what Rutgers schedule looks like, um, but if I'm, you know, if I'm Rutgers and if I'm Greg Schiano and I'm thinking, okay, you know, we're not trying to bite off more than two in our first season, but maybe we target two or three games for big wins that we can use as a platform to, to build yeah, going forward. I feel I, I feel like you know mid October against an Indiana team. that has got two big ones coming up the two weeks after that's so a one that you might circle. So I think that's if you ask me for a trap game, certainly Indiana's got to go three and zero in the non conference. But that Rutgers game, you know, is is kind of one where it's 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 sort of one of those games where you say, hey, listen, an eight win team, a nine win team doesn't get yeah. tripped up here, but a six win a six win yeah. team does. So what's your you?
0: Yeah. essentially, I completely agree with what you're saying there about Rutgers. I would even throw in for – it's interesting to call Michigan State a trap game, knowing the history of how successful that college football program has been. But like we talked about, with so much tumultuous things going on this offseason, especially led by the pandemic, to have Mel Tucker come in late, as he did, coming in in early February, but still late in terms of the college football landscape, I just see it kind of being a down year for the Spartans in year one of Mel Tucker because he wasn't able to be on campus with his team throughout spring workouts, really going into the summer. I think that's going to hamper them a little bit. So that would be and being as it is right ahead of that Penn State game for where it falls on the schedule more for me. That's kind of my can't lose trap game. And then a few of the other must win games that I think are incredibly important for Indiana Come two out of the final three weeks of the regular season, both of those games at home against the Big Ten West crossover. When you host Illinois and then you host Purdue, obviously in a rivalry game. Because as you look at Indiana's schedule right now, on paper, as we're looking at it here in June, and it's always great to look at forward to things in June when we're talking college football. But if you think that Indiana will have a successful season, but possibly lose against the Big Ten powers that be, which are Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan, as you look at the Hoosier schedule those games against Illinois and Purdue will be absolutely crucial to get to that eight-win mark, to make history, to go and get two back-to-back eight-win seasons for the first time since the 80s, and then to play in not just a bowl game but could be a really good bowl game towards the start of the new year. So I think those games against Illinois and Purdue are must-wins for Indiana as well as we get to 2020. So as we've alluded to a few times in our discussion here, that eight win mark as Zach Osterman sits here in the middle of June. And I'm going to ask him to give me a schedule record prediction for Indiana football in 2020. What do you see that being Zach? Is it that eight and four record or what will the record be for Tom Allen and Indiana this upcoming football season?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, eight and four makes the most sense to me. Um, I would probably be a little bit conservative and say that it's, it's more on the seven and five side of eight and four than the nine and three side of eight and four. If that makes Mm -hmm. any sense. Does yes. Um, I don't think that, like, I don't think seven and five would be a disaster because it would be the first time Indiana's had back to back winning seasons. I mean, in like three decades. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also think there's something, I don't think a bowl win is the most, you know, the thing of most paramount importance possible for Indiana, but like. You know, I mean, Indiana, Indiana hadn't won a bowl game since 1991. Like, I think there is some – like, in a way, I think there would almost be more value in going 7-5 and five and then going to a bowl game you can win and winning that bowl game and finishing 8-5 and five and going 8-4 and four and maybe beating a Michigan State, but winding up in another bowl game where, you know, you're just – you're playing somebody that's just a little bit over – you're a little bit overmatched against. And, and so, it's you know, either way you end up 8-5. and five. But I think just having a bowl win – you know, yeah. and, and and being able to kind of point to that as another sign of growth, another step forward would be valuable. So, I mean, I, I would say eight and four, um, you know, I think Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, those are the games, if you ask me to pick one, I think Indiana would lose on an eight and four schedule. Um, but I could also see a world, too, frankly, where, you know, Indiana, let's say, beats a Penn State, but then loses to an Illinois. Mm-hmm. Or beats a Penn State, but loses to a Purdue, and so maybe there's still a little bit of that too of the program's getting better, the baseline level of talent, and all that. But there's still some of that sort of winning habit that needs to be developed, and not everything's automatic, and and things need to players need to learn not to take things for granted. But I, I do think, I mean, listen, it's it's probably the first season I've covered um, where not making a bowl game would be a genuine failure bar some sort of, you know, just complete roster breakdown in terms. And we may see that. I mean, you know, these, these kids have lost an entire summer um, of, of strength and conditioning work. It may well be that this is a season where some teams just get absolutely torn apart by injuries. Mm. And um, we just, you know, we just don't know how all of this sort of change and and disruption of the schedule is going to affect some of these guys, but I do think, um, I do think that for the first time, certainly at least since 2015, and possibly since 2007, Indiana fans would be right to say if we do not like the baseline is another ball game, and realistically we can expect more. We should be allowed to expect more than that if enough breaks go our way and guys stay healthy. But if this team doesn't make a ball game, it will be a failure, and you know at most you've been able to see Indiana. You've been able to say that about Indiana like twice in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, So that's the kind of, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how this group, because Indiana returns a lot of production. They have more returning production, according to Bill Connolly, from ESPN on the defensive side of the ball than any other team in the big 10. You know, they, they swapped out defensive line coaches on that side of the ball, brought in a new safeties coach as well. Um, But you know, the coordinator stays the same. You know, just generally speaking, a lot of the faces in that defensive meeting room are going to be the same. So that side of the ball should get better. Again, offensively, a lot of it's going to come down to Michael Penix and a little bit how you fill a couple spots on the offensive line. But, you know, Nick Sheridan replacing uh, Kalen DeBoer as offensive coordinator, I don't expect the scheme to change that much. And Sheridan obviously knows these guys very well. He's been on the staff the last three years. And then he keeps the same wide receivers coach, running backs coach, offensive line coach, the only the guy that's new on the offensive staff is the guy that replaced Sheridan as tight ends coach. So it just, you know, there's, there's, there's genuine reason to expect from Indiana this year. And um, it's going to be fascinating to see how a program that is kind of a, a, you know, perennial sort of, you know, downtrodden cellar dweller um, handles expectation um, and, and not just sort of gets to ride a wave of, Oh my gosh! We won at Nebraska. We, we, you know, we beat Northwestern. We, we beat, we you know, we beat Purdue. We upset this team. We upset that team. But genuinely, sort of like, hey, can you come out and take care of business? Seven, eight, nine times out of twelve in a season where, frankly, you should. I think at least a sense of optimism
0: for Indiana heading into 2020, even if that sense of optimism might be a little bit measured. So a thank you again to Zach Osterman covers everything you need to know Indiana athletics for the Indy star college sports in general, beyond that. So Zach, thank you very much for your time. That was a great thorough breakdown of what Indiana fans can expect for the college football season for 2020. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So many thanks again to Zach Osterman for joining the Locked On Big Ten podcast. He's covering all things Indiana college athletics and college sports and beyond for the IndyStar.com. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter. It's very easy. At Zach Osterman. That's Z-A-C-H. O-S-T-E-R-M-A-N. Thank you very much again to Zach Osterman, providing some great insight and a breakdown for Indiana's 2020 college football season. So we are back in the thick of it, of our college football breakdowns as we look ahead to the 2020 college football season. And next up for the Big Ten East, will be the Michigan State Spartans. So when we talk about all things Sparty, a few changes, a few monumental changes in East Lansing this offseason, as Mark D'Antonio gone, Mel Tucker in, I'm hoping to have both of the guys from the Locked on Spartans podcast. I've had Will Hunter before, but I've never had his co-host, Matt Sheehan, on this show. I hope. I hope that I can get that. That is not a guarantee. Do not hold me to my word, but I hope to bring on both of those guys when we talk Michigan State's 2020 college football schedule coming up on Wednesday's episode. So if you've been enjoying what you're hearing here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast, make sure to give a listen to some of our other conference shows, including Locked On ACC and Locked On SEC. I know my man Brian Wilmer at Locked On ACC is doing a very similar thing right now looking ahead to the 2020 college football season. So tell your smart device right now to play Locked On ACC, and it'll do just that. Until we talk on Wednesday, have a splendid couple of days.